Hi again, everybody, moms and dads, boys and girls. You are in the Chatter Zone uh, live or Memorex if you've heard FM 98.3 KCRD and also on the mobile app. Keyword is KCRD. You knew that. This is episode number 118. 118. They have not caught on to us yet. Brad Markham is in the house and all the way across the country, Christopher Wendt is back with us. And we're going to talk about an assorted agenda right after we begin in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Remember, O most most gracious Virgin Virgin Mary, Mary, that that never was it known that that anyone who fled to thy protection, protection, implored thy help, help, or sought thy intercession, intercession, was left unaided. unaided. Inspired by this confidence, confidence, I fly unto thee, thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother, mother. to thee I come, before before thee I stand, stand. sinful and sorrowful. sorrowful. O Mother of the Word Incarnate, incarnate, despise not my petitions, petitions, but in thy mercy, mercy, hear and answer me. me. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. That sounded vaguely like Crosby, Stills, and Nash with David Crosby <laughs> coming. I'm almost there, guys. <laughs> Christopher's always a half second behind us when he's on the uh, on the gaggle. Yeah, that's all right. That. Speaking of upcoming things, Saturday, March 2nd Ooh. at the Best Western, 3100 Dodge Street in Dubuque, it is... It's um, Debbie Giorgiani and Adam Bly coming to talk about Eucharistic miracles, and that's just a couple weeks away. I'm it's looking to try to see how many weeks. It's like two. Yeah. Christopher Wentz, our guest here uh, next week. Guess who is our guest? I'm sorry, next week? Who's our On guest? On the chatter. On the chatter. Debbie Giorgiani. I knew that. Coming back in here. So we're going to talk really about that. that. I was going to look at, I was going to cheat and look at my The topic yeah. is angels and Eucharistic miracles in the year of the revival of the Eucharist. So, you don't want to miss this event. We still have tickets available at kcrd-fm.org and if you need customer assistance for your ticket, 563-231-3545. If you're lonely and you just want to talk to someone, 563-231-3545, and we'll get you a ticket. And we should mention that it's going to be at the Best Western this year, this time, because we've been having them at the Grand River Center, but we're back at the Best Western. So we're getting the same kind of questions because we started out in 2013, 14, 15, Mm -hmm. 16 at the Best Western. Mm -hmm. We went to the Grand River Center, Mm -hmm. and people said, oh, you changed. Mm -hmm. And we did, and now we're... Going back to uh, visit our friends at the Best Western. Mm-hmm. Return to tradition, is that? Pretty right? much. Oh, something like that, that yeah. Brad. And, um, <laughs> so now people are saying, oh, you switched, you changed. Yes. Keep them on their toes. Doing that. So Wednesday, March 2nd, doors open about 4 o'clock. We'll, uh, we'll have some um, social hour. Little per- adult beverages, perhaps. Could be, could be involved. And uh, we'll have dinner. We'll have the rosary. We need somebody to pray the rosary, Brad. You should ask the Miller girls to sing it again. Yeah, I've got to get a hold of Brad. You know, it's about time the Markham family begins singing. They're nearly of age now. Yeah, there's a little bit of a talent gap there. So <laughs> <They> could... <laughs> Boy, that just... You're, you're, too, you're too humble, well, Brad. Really. Well, yeah. if they take after their dad, I guess we've never really tried, but yeah. my wife and I cannot sing, so... Well, you could... Yeah. Can they hum? <laughs> 
chant. They can chant, can't they? Do they have a kazoo? <laughs> well, they've got lots of noisemakers. You're listening to The Chatter. This is episode 118, and we are brought to you by the folks, the wonderful folks over at Hotworks on Holiday Drive. Stop by and tell them how much uh, you enjoy The Chatter. All right, Christopher Went is in the house. Brad, you were instrumental or or an instigator in, in any yeah, event. Yeah, the confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima who saved a lot of people's jobs throughout the, the COVID mm. madness. Mm. Um, Bishop Schneider put together a um, a form. I forget, I don't even, can't even think of what the title was, but it was a sort of a legal document that gave you religious exemption. Um, and they do a lot of great work with First Saturdays. So we're so talking Bishop Athanasius Bishop Schneider. Athanasius Schneider and, and uh, Christopher is very involved with, well, he's a co-founder of the confraternity and just doing great work. So I reached out to him probably, what, two years ago now. He came up to Platteville for a presentation on prophecy and Our Lady. Mm-hmm. We got to be friends at that time, and he's a very wonderful, in, in my opinion, saintly man. So. Mm-hmm. Um, we're Christ- blessed to have him here. Christopher was a guest on the chatter. Um, I, I should start getting repeat dates in mind so we can mm-hmm. say time and place, but they are on the KCRD website under the uh, podcast, the chatter. Christopher, we want to start out. Let's. We got a lot of things to talk about, but Brad mentioned Bishop Athanasius Schneider and what he did for Catholics across the world during the uh, the. Uh, craziness or nonsense of 2020 what's new with bishop schneider he's got i know a new book credo the compendium of the catholic church but there's some other things going on here give us an update of what you and bishop schneider and others are doing sure thank you tom Um, basically um, yeah i highly recommend that book by bishop schneider isn't it great if you if you haven't gotten a copy, go go to Amazon or go to Sophia Press and pick one up. It really is a breath of fresh air mm-hmm. and uh, and uh, a re-articulation of what Catholics have believed for 2,000 years. And in this confusion and crisis that we're in right now, where we're hearing strange things, new things that have never been articulated before uh, from the highest places in the in the Vatican. Um, it, uh, we need we need to know our faith, mm-hmm. and and Bishop Schneider has offered us a clear expression of that of the true faith that we've always believed as Catholics. But in the 2024, he is um, he's promoting a spiritual crusade, and the Confraternity of Our Lady of Fatima and His Excellency have have proclaimed 2024 a year of of a spiritual crusade. What does that mean? It it basically is a um it's a it's a crusade where where we're trying to ask our lady to have jesus intervene in history to give us a holy pope and there's two prayers that his excellency is suggesting that we pray all together one is even if we've already made the five first saturdays his excellency is asking us to live out the call of fatima from the July 1917 apparition, where Our Lady really hinges the conversion of Russia on things, the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, and 
the five for Saturday devotion, both of those things together will lead to her triumph. And really, we have yet to really live out and fulfill it globally um, this call of the five for Saturdays. His, His Excellency Bishop Athanasius Schneider is so serious about this that he had his spiritual crusade translated in 40 different languages throughout the world. We've had some preliminary meetings um, and we are um, moving and, and we representing all six continents, I might add, including Africa and Asia, definitely Europe and, and the United States. And what we're trying to do is we're trying to get as many people to make the five first Saturdays in 2024. At the end of the year, um, we will give a list of names of all the people that have pledged to make the five for Saturday with this intention, asking God to intervene in history, that he will give us a holy pope, uh, popes that um, will not be afraid to teach the true faith and to die for the true faith. His Excellency has composed a special prayer uh, that you can go to the homepage of his website, gloriadei.io, that's Gloria. D-E-I dot I-O. If you go there and you go to the homepage, you can see the prayer that he's composed. He wants all of us to really pray for that, to, to beg God to intervene in history. He, His Excellency Bishop Schneider really believes that the end of, uh, uh, that really only God can bring, that, that only God, there is no horizontal or earthly solution. Only God can um uh, bring about uh, this, the, the recovery of the church, the restoration of society, of, of a Christian civilization. Only God, through Our Lady, um, can bring this about. He's, the Spiritual Crusade's second component, besides the Five for Saturdays, is to pray the Holy Rosary every day, which we do. But he's asking us to remember the intention, again, of asking God to intervene in history. At the end of the year, he's going to take all of these prayers and merits and, and offer them up to the Immaculate Heart of Mary in a, in a pontifical mass and, and, and present it to her. And this is really um, what Our Lady asked us to do. She asked us at Fatima to do, make the Five First Saturdays, to make a reparation uh, to her Immaculate Heart, especially for the blasphemies committed against her Immaculate Heart, but, uh, but for all the sins of the world. Fatima is is not is not mostly about peace. It's about penance, and and doing penance for our own sins, and penance for the sins of the world, and this is really what Ash Wednesday is about. It's about penance, about making reparation to the sorrowful and immaculate heart of Our Lady. When Our Lady revealed her heart, it was it was wrapped in a crown of thorns when she appeared in 1929 to Sister Lucia. So we must remember that the heart of, of Our Lady, of Mama Mary, is sorrowful. It's sorrowful because her children are, are, are sliding and falling into hell. And it was so serious that she decided to, to come into our world, into our time and space, mm-hmm. and work a powerful miracle at Fatima. And so um, that's, what, uh, that's one of the big things that His Excellency Bishop Schneider is promoting, amongst many things. He's a very um, active and busy man well-traveled, but that spiritual crusade, um, all of us can do that. It's very simple. We can pray a rosary every day, and and sometime in the year, 2024, we can can make the Five for Saturday devotion. 
Hold on a second here, uh, Christopher. Yeah, yeah. Colleen, did you uh, pull up that prayer that Christopher is talking about? I have both the pledge and the prayer pulled up. How, bit, how long is the prayer? Uh, the prayer, let me go back to that one. The prayer is um, not that long. Can, is that something Which language can... would you like it in? There's 40 of them here. <laughs> I'd be lucky to say it in English. Go ahead. So do we want to say it in English? Yeah, okay. say the prayer now, please. So this is the prayer written by Archbishop... Bishop Schneider. It's entitled Prayer for Imploring Holy Popes. And it goes like this. Kyrie eleison, Christe eleison, Kyrie eleison. Lord Jesus Christ, you are the good shepherd. With your almighty hand, you guide your pilgrim church through the storms of each age. Adorn the holy see with holy popes who neither fear the powerful of this world nor compromise with the spirit of the age, but preserve, strengthen, and defend the Catholic Church unto the shedding of their blood, and observe, protect, and hand on the venerable liturgy of the Roman Church. O Lord, return to us through holy popes, who, inflamed with the zeal of the apostles, proclaim to the whole world, salvation is found in no other than in Jesus Christ, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which they should be saved, which is from Acts 4. Through an era of holy popes, may the Holy See, which is home to all who promote the Catholic and apostolic faith, always shine as the cathedral of truth for the whole world. Hear us, O Lord, and through the intercession of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, Mother of the Church, grant us holy popes, grant us many holy Popes, have mercy on us and hear us. Amen. Wow. That's a great prayer. That is a great prayer. Yeah. What do you make of that, Christopher? I mean, I think the central message is um, the chair of Peter um, is being uh, eclipsed by um, the teaching office is being eclipsed um, with uh, suggestions of blessing homosexual unions or uh, that the Latin Mass, the Mass of the Ages, the Mass that was celebrated, celebrated or participated by 95% of all canonized saints is somehow um, divisive and, and uh, not to be celebrated anymore. So there's a lot of confusion. And um, what we're asking God to do is, is, is to give us holy popes and let the chair of Peter again be a, a place of light to the world a place of truth, like that we can count on. The chair of Peter, um, and this does, the fact that um, you have from time to time in history, popes that have not, um, have not been clear about teaching or have been ambiguous about teaching or have actually taught erroneous things, that, that does not take away from our Catholic faith. It does not negate the promise of Christ that he would be that he would be with the church until the end of time. That 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 the rock of Peter and and the papacy would not cease to be the foundation of the church. It just means that we um, have a deeper understanding of of the papacy as it is. And so I think that um, I think we really have to focus on the chair of Peter. It was actually uh, interestingly enough, if you've ever read the long form, the original version of the full Saint Michael prayer. It really talks in there about how the the Masons. This is this is part of the vision that Pope Leo the Thirteenth saw, 
when he when he composed the Saint Michael prayer, he saw mm-hmm. the chair of Peter being overtaken by the Masons, mm-hmm. and 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 poisoning and and obfuscating and eclipsing that chair. And so what we're really asking God to do is is to let uh, the chair of Peter be a the throne of truth mm-hmm. and to the world, which is so needed. Mm-hmm. And this is a great time because we are recording this two days before Ash Wednesday. And we'll be airing Friday, Saturday, Sunday, the first weekend in, in Lent, mm-hmm. Colleen. So what a great intention to add to our Lenten fasting and prayer. And then it's a great time early in the year to get these five Saturdays done. It is. Uh, we're just about out of time, Colleen, in segment number one, and we want to talk about the first Saturday. Now, there's two components, the, mm-hmm. the requirements for first Saturday, mm-hmm. and then the promises, mm-hmm. which, by the way, are, are promulgated throughout the year by the Bellowing Ox magazine, a publication of Aquinas Communications. So mm-hmm. when we come back, Christopher, we want to talk about the requirements for First Saturday, the promises for First Saturday. Um, sure. And we want to talk about Bishop, Bishop Athanasius <laughs> Schneider's book, Credo, and it's essentially a, um, a catechism. And why do we need another catechism after 2,000 years? Because I'm running out of room over here on my shelf, Colleen. On your catechism we, we, on shelf. On the catechism yeah. shelf. So we're going we're gonna to answer those questions when we come back on the chatter right here on KCRD. back you're listening to the chatter we've got a full house colleen i know it's nice christopher went is uh long distance brad markham's in the house we're uh, talking about all things with with bishop athanasius schneider and that wound up on the first saturdays which is i know near and dear to all of us mm-hmm. who have a marian devotion um brad you've got the requirements <coughs> excuse me written down walk mm-hmm. us through the requirements for the first Saturday, and this came out of Fatima on uh, July 13th, 1917, I think. Was it the later? It might have been the later apparitions in the 20s to St. Lucia, right? Oh. First, ref, first reference in 1917, and then she came later uh, in 1929, I believe, uh, to Sister Lucia um, in, the, in the convent. Okay. Anyway, the requirements are... Um, on five consecutive Saturdays, do, do the following. You confess within eight days before or after the first Saturday. A lot of the first Saturday parishes will make sure confession is available mm-hmm. prior to Mass or after Mass. Um, receive ho- Holy Communion. Recite the five-decade the five rosary. And then you keep Mary company for 15 minutes while meditating on one or more of the mysteries of the rosary. This one was always kind of challenging to me because I didn't know mm-hmm. if it was part of the rosary mm-hmm. or if it was an extra 15 minutes so i've just started doing an extra 15 minutes to make sure i cover that mm-hmm. one mm-hmm. um and then we do this all with the intention of making reparation to mary um for and i forget there's like four or five different um mm-hmm. 
um, blasphemies against her perpetual virginity, her immaculate conception. So desecration of her images. Let's go deeper on that. How can individuals intentionally or unintentionally blaspheme against the Blessed Virgin Mary? Isn't blasphemy reserved to the deity? Well, I think in a broader sense, I think blasphemy can be um, any um, um, slander against anything holy, right? In a broader sense. We usually talk about blasphemy against God and taking his name. Right, right. But I think it can apply to any. Is it as simple as denial? Hmm. Is blasphemy against the Blessed Virgin Mary simply a denial of the dogmas, the defined teachings of the Church regarding her immaculate conception, regarding her motherhood of of Christ, her perpetual virginity, and her um, assumption into heaven? The four dogmas of Mary. Simply a denial of one or all of those, is that blasphemous? Well, I've, you could be on to something because we hear that a lot from people, um, that Mary had other kids or she wasn't a, a virgin after birth because the Bible said, you know, Joseph refrained from relations before Christ. You hear all these things out there, and those would be blasphemy, denial of dogma. Christopher, what say you? Yeah, I say... Um uh, that's for sure. I think we're in a different place. We're kind of in the midst of of, of a what Professor Plunio de Coretto would say. Uh, we're kind of in the fifth satanic revolution, and so the kind of blasphemies we're because the first now four are, didn't work real well. <laughs> Not remembering the first four, but wow, wow. Yeah, there's, there's been five revolutions since the Protestant Revolution, and the the final one probably is the satanic revolution, the one we're seeing now where we put uh, statues of behemoth in, in alongside the Ten Commandments in the state capital of Arkansas, etc. But this trickles down not only to our Lord, but it's to Our Lady. And we see expressions of this in Madonna. We see even in the Vatican, um, uh, the, the cardinal that's in charge of the Congregation of the Faith, the Holy Office, um, mm-hmm. wrote, wrote a terrible book in his 30s. Uh, about and where Our Lady was fine with, with terrible things, stuff that doesn't isn't worth repeating, and stuff that if you heard it would just make you weep. And and so Our Lady is 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 blasphemed and mocked uh, by Satan in in a public way. Actually, now in the United States, it's kind of a phenomenon, not really present in other countries yet. We're kind of the leaders of the the Satanic Revolution, and you start to see these visible. Uh, mockeries of Our Lady, mockeries of her purity, especially mm-hmm. that really uh, cry to cry to heaven uh, for justice, and we must really make reparation. Uh, mm-hmm. How uh, how is the mockery, the blasphemy of the Blessed Virgin Mary, ultimately offensive to God Himself? Well, what happens when someone makes fun of your mom? Go on, go on. She's defined, she is the mother of God. Uh, And I think about, back to your question before about the the blasphemy. Um, I know Maximilian Colby gets a little um, in-depth and sometimes scares people with uh, the way he talks about things, but he he did call Mary a quasi-as-if an incarnation of the Holy Spirit. So when you think of it that way, because she was pure... 
she was a pure receptivity to the Holy Spirit. But when you think about it, you know, the the Holy Spirit um, spirates or comes from the Son and the fa- the love of the Father and the Son. Right. Um, but at any rate, it made, it made me think of that, that you're wondering, well, can you blaspheme if it's not God? Um, so, anyway. You're going deep. You're going yeah. deep today. Mm-hmm. Colleen, what say you? I agree. Well, I like your first comment. I mean, to say that against the mother of Jesus, that would be, that's horrible. Right. How can so, you, how can you, um, how can you oppose that which God the Father created and, and the Son humbled himself to be, mm-hmm. to call her mother? And the spouse of the Holy Spirit. I mean, yeah, that's, she for sure holds a special place in the body of Christ in the church for sure. Well, there's no incarnation without her, so... Mm-hmm, without uh, her, yes. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to agree, going back to what you said, Brad, about keeping Mary company for 15 minutes while meditating on one or more of the mysteries of the rosary. That was always the hardest one for me because it was, I don't want to say vague, but the others, go to confession, go to receive communion, pray the rosary. Okay, all those are very concrete i can get my mind around those but keeping mary company for 15 minutes boy my mind just wanders so a couple months ago i found this youtube channel and it has helped tremendously with this 15 minute meditation so if anyone has um, youtube they can go to a channel called regina angelorum press and they give a 15 minute meditation for first saturday devotions and it's on all the different um, mysteries of the rosary so it's so nice you just kind of follow along and and the priest has a very soothing voice so it makes it easy now to meditate for 15 minutes on a mystery of the rosary regina angelorum press press mm-hmm. which translates queen of angels, angels doing mm-hmm. that. and it's on youtube so and I isn't it interesting that is the hardest one of the requirements is to concentrate you remember yeah. mother angelica's story about that I think the joke. The the, the joke about yeah. the horse. Yeah, if you can, you know, if you can pray the Our Father without being distracted, you can have the pony. And so the young boy starts praying, "Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name." Does it come with a saddle? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so isn't that true? That is are. true. Christopher, any uh, comments or thoughts on the requirements for the first five Saturday devotion? I think um, they're very, very practical, easy. Of course, the the fifteen minute meditation is, as Colleen suggested, it's more, it's a little more open ended. But the, the, I think the key for that is to really enter in, pick a mystery, pick one, whichever one your heart gravitates towards, and then. Maybe spend 10 minutes kind of using your imagination and exploring and putting yourself there in the scene. But at the end, Our Lady wants us to be with her and to console her immaculate, sorrowful heart. And so we really want to hug spiritually Our Lady and and really try to pull. She really wants us to pull the thorns out of her heart. And and if we can do that um, in a mystery, for example, let's say... um, um, in this the sorrowful mystery of the scourging and our Lord is being whipped and our lady's watching on I mean, maybe we can put ourselves there and say Lord I'll take some of your um, 
your uh, your your scourging. I'll take some of the some of it, and that's really what our La- our lady wants ultimately at the end of that meditation it, to 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 be with her, to be present to her, to to have a conversation with her. And I think that's that um, it's important not to miss that in the in the fifteen minute meditation. Mm-hmm. So Christopher, we'll go around the table. You start first, Christopher. What is your favorite mystery? We got fifteen now, twenty mysteries of the rosary. What's your favorite mystery and why? My favorite mystery is is actually the the death of our Lord. I just um, the fifth sorrowful. Amazed, the fifth sorrowful mystery. I'm amazed by our Lord actually turning off his life, and I really just see him, um, his head drooping, and it's like the sun setting. I kind of when I think about it, I just see the sun. If mm-hmm. you really focus on a sunset, you can see that moment of five seconds where the sun literally disappears below the earth. I really um, was struck by that. He would love us that much that he actually would turn his life off mm-hmm. uh, for a time. Colleen, you're up. Your favorite mystery and why? Well, my favorite mystery is the fifth <clears throat> glorious mystery. The coronation. The crowning of the Blessed Virgin Mary as Queen of Heaven and Earth. And I think... I think it's my favorite because it's kind of like she reached the finish line, right? And the Trinity is there crowning her. And I just, I think about that and I'm just so happy for her. And I'm so, I'm just so happy. And I pray that if I can make it to heaven, that God would just let me see that crowning happen. Hmm. Bradley? Yeah, I think of the, this is so sad, but there's a, episode of star wars where there's a i think it's a coronation and it's just the music playing but i think of like the angelic choirs and mm-hmm. you know it's just um for me it, it shifts can i cheat and do more than one but uh okay uh i've always liked the pentecost so the third glorious mystery and i think part of that is because of my own personal struggle with cowardice um and that it's not me it's god pouring the holy you know i love i love the idea of there's people out there that want to kill you and you're hiding in a room and God just comes and says, who cares? Just go. Um, and they go. Um, and then the other one of course would be probably the annunciation. Um, and that's just because of Mary's unfathomable conformity of will to God's will. It's something that we all should strive for to emulate. And Mm -hmm. that's what it reflects for me. So, Mm -hmm. well, that has got to be the, and he gets two. So he gets <laughs> two. he gets two. But that Brad, without the Annunciation, at least turning out the way that it did. I mean, the Annunciation could have did happen, but it it was a coin flip. Yeah, could have gone either it, way. I don't think it was a coin flip. She, was, but anyway. she, she had she had free well, will. Well, she had free will, but Still she was so in she, love with God. She understand wanted whatever that. he was going. But was it Aquinas that said all of heaven and all the angels held their breath? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I don't know if it was Aquinas, but, uh, but it's, that's the quote. Yeah, well, you haven't told us yours, Tom. Um, uh, let's see if I can say this without um, the one that is so dear to me is the agony in the garden. Because and, well, I think we're all uh, at least Brad and and you and I. Uh, Christopher, do you know uh, Anne Catherine Emmerich, the uh, German mystic? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I've got several of her books. She says that in the agony of the garden, if you remember the, you know, there were twelve at the dinner. Judas hightails it out. The traitor leaves. 
So there's 11. And, uh, and he's taking, uh, so Jesus is leaving the, the upper room, and they go to the uh, Garden of Gethsemane. And he leaves the eight there, but he takes three, uh, Peter, James, and John, with him a little further, he says. And, he's, and he says to them, uh, stay awake that you may not be put to the test. And he goes a little further that says a stone's throw. But he does this three times. The first time he goes in, Emmerich says that angels came to assist him, but the angels showed him all of the sins from, from Adam until that day. <laughs> That's a big deal. Mm-hmm. But then he comes back to Peter, James, and John, and he finds them sleeping, and he says, could you not stay awake with me for one hour? And uh, so he goes back again, and the angels again assist him. And Emmerich says that the angels showed him all of the sins and of the passion, the triduum, from the the uh, in the garden right now, the scourging, the crowning, how he's going to die, and all of the sins and, and the blasphemies. Speak of, speak of blasphemy. And so he comes back uh, again to see Peter, James, and John. And he says, could you not stay with me one hour? Pray that you will not be put to the test. And then he goes back a third time to pray. And Emmerich says that the angels showed him the sins from the third day, from the resurrection, until the end of time. And that means... The third time he went back to pray, he saw all of my sins. And that scares the hell out of me. Yeah. It's true. As it should, all of us. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I can't say any more without getting broke up on that one, Colleen. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and all the more reason that we should um, pray the rosary, especially during Lent, especially um, as Bishop Schneider is asking people to to pray the rosary to implore that the Lord would send us holy popes. Um, all the more reason to fulfill the first Saturday devotion of the rosary. And Lent's coming around, you know, prayer, fasting, alm- almsgiving are the the three pillars and mm-hmm. best prayer, you know, one of the best prayers is the rosary. So maybe if people are, maybe people are already praying a full ro- a five decade rosary. Maybe, maybe they add another set of mysteries for the day. And if you haven't started praying the rosary and it's not part of your uh, daily routine, don't try to do it all. I mean, just pray one decade. Mm. If you can't even do a decade, pray an Our Father. Get started with something. Mm-hmm. This is a uh, a time for prayer. Mm-hmm. Fasting can be a prayer. Mm-hmm. Almsgiving is different than tithing. Mm-hmm. Almsgiving mm-hmm. is, you know, do something for a stranger. Mm-hmm. Yep. So, somebody you don't know. Do something for somebody you do know but you don't like. That's a hard one. Love your enemies. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. All very good topics to think about as we begin Lent. Christopher, we didn't get to the promises of First Saturday's devotion or uh, Bishop Athanasius Schneider's compendium called Credo, and we're going to do that on the other side of the break on episode 118 of The Chatter on FM 98.
back. This is The Chatter. We're talking to Christopher Wendt, who's uh, out Pennsylvania way, I think. and uh, Superville, Ohio. Oh. Well, I'm right across the river from Pennsylvania. Yeah, I overshot. It's true, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Brad Markham is in the house. Colleen, we got through the requirements of First Saturday, but the promises are rich. Oh, my goodness. They got, are so rich. I got 15. Can we go through these uh, quickly, and then we'll get some commentary? You want to? Do a couple? We sure can. I'll do uh, the first three promises. How about that? The first promise is, uh, and this is the Blessed Mother speaking. So the first promise she says is, those who faithfully serve me by the recitation of the rosary shall receive signal graces. Okay, so graces to give you a signal to know what to do. Well, I want that. Yeah, Yeah, all day long. Number two, I promise my special protection and the greatest graces to all those who shall recite the rosary. For special protection. I mm-hmm. want that. Yeah. Number three, the rosary shall be a powerful armor against hell. It will destroy vice, decrease sin, and defeat heresies. Wow. These are awesome promises. Brad, give us three more. Uh, the recitation of the rosary will cause virtue and good works to flourish. It will obtain for souls the abundant mercy of God. It will withdraw the hearts of men from the love of the world and its vanities and will lift them to desire of eternal things. Oh, that souls would sanctify themselves by this means. The fifth one would be the soul which recommends itself to Mary by the recitation of the rosary will not perish. Hmm. Um, that's that's uh, pretty big. That's, uh, that that's pretty big right there. Let's do that every day. Yeah. Yeah. Um, right. And the sixth one, those who recite my rosary devoutly, applying themselves to the considerations of its sacred mysteries, shall never be conquered by misfortune. In his justice, God will not chastise them, nor shall they perish by an unprovided death i.e. Be, per- be unprepared for heaven. Sinners shall convert, the just shall persevere in grace and become worthy of eternal life. That's wow. a great promise because, you know, the, nor shall they perish by an unprovided death. That means unprovided means no sacraments. No priest, I, no sacraments. No I pray no. that I have the sacraments oh, before I die. Oh, my gosh. That's, that's huge. That's huge. That's huge. Tom. Where'd we leave off on number seven? seven? Those who have a true devotion to the rosary shall not die without the sacraments of the church. Praise God. So that's, yeah. that's a more defined. Mm-hmm. Those who, number eight, those who faithfully recite the rosary shall have during their life and at their death the light of God and the plentitude of his graces. At the moment of death, they shall participate in the merits of the saints in paradise. Can you imagine? I just got goosebumps. You're participating in the merits of Thomas Aquinas and... Oh, my goodness. That's mm-hmm. awesome. Number nine, I shall deliver from purgatory those who have been devoted to the rosary. Okay, I want her coming to get me out of yeah. purgatory. Yeah, mm-hmm. pick me. Pick me. Okay, number 10, the faithful children of the rosary shall merit a high degree of glory in heaven. That's awesome. Number 11, by the recitation of the rosary, you shall obtain all that you ask of me. So that's where we say we pray for all of our loved ones who are no longer practicing the faith, Yeah. right? Number 12, those who propagate the Holy Rosary shall be aided by me in their necessities. Wow. Brad, finish us off. Number 13, uh, I have obtained from my divine son that all the advocates of the Rosary shall have for intercessors the entire celestial court during their life and at the hour of their death. Um, oh yes, please. Goodness. Yes, please. <laughs> You know, the devil will be there as the accuser. Oh, yeah. Uh, 
Number 14, all who recite the rosary are my beloved children and the brothers and sisters of my only son, Jesus Christ. Mm. And number 15, devotion for my rosary is a great sign of predestination. Okay. Okay. All those promises, those are incredible promises for a 20-minute investment a day. If you have ever read The Glories of Mary, which Christopher recommended to me when he was here, um, Alphonsus Liguori uncovered every rock and every stone of what every story that came from Mary. And there are stories of terrible, terrible sinners that uh, would wear her scapular or would just maybe one time pop into church and say, hey, I love you, Mama Mary. And at their death, she gets them sent to purgatory and saved from hell. You know, so... Isn't unbelievable it? that yeah. is unbelievable it reminds me of the story in the bible um where naaman the leper wanted to be cured and uh elijah or elisha and one of them told him to go bathe seven times yeah. in the river right and he's like well i got good rivers back home yeah in the but gave him such an easy thing to do and his servant said if they told you to go climb a big mountain you would have done it why not do this easy thing and yeah. and how easy is the rosary just that way i gotta say though <clears throat> you just said it Colleen, was it 20 minutes? It's 20 minutes your day? A 20-minute investment for right. those kinds of promises? Christopher, I can't get a rosary. I'm, I'm, I'm doing a rosary, and I start praying on the mysteries, and then the mysteries lead me to whatever, you know, my mind begins to wander, and I'm thinking, all right, you know, I'm, I'm praying, you know, because it says to pray for your lost loved ones, you know, to return mm-hmm. to the faith. So I start mm-hmm. thinking of, you know, the... The, the guy that's got cancer and the woman who's got the, you know, so I'm praying. I'm, I'm at a 50, 55-minute rosary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Anybody else? Christopher, how long is your rosary? I mean, I think my rosary is, uh, well, that's a good point. Like, if if I'm praying with the family, it's going to be 15, 20 minutes. But if I am if I don't have my rosary beads in my fingers, I tend to, uh, I try to count on my fingers, but I tend yeah. to, yeah. It, it, it drags out and, and it's like that. It, it just extends um it's a beautiful i i think it, it really is a sign of predestination like our lady of fatima says that those that keep the promise of the first saturday devotion which kind of sums up the 15 promises of the rosary is i promise to assist at the hour of death all the with the graces necessary for salvation like if we give ourselves to our lady and we pray her rosary um we will be with her we, we will have the confidence that she will, uh, she will make things right. That we will not, you know, provided that we're her children, et cetera, That we try to live in a st- state of grace. We go to confession, et cetera. But if we're living uh, a life uh, like her child, she will, she will take care of us. She will take our merits and perfect them, and and put her um, her perfume on them and her. How, how can I say this and make this... them very pleasing to Jesus? Yeah, Christopher. How can I say this? Because you know, the first time years ago when you read these, Colleen, maybe you, you read the uh, promises, the fifteen promises, and I had a tendency to think this was the get out of jail card on the Monopoly board mm-hmm. game. Mm-hmm. I had a Protestant say that to me when we lived in North Carolina, and she saw my scapular, and she said, "Is that your get out of jail free card?" Yeah, that's what but, she said. But it's it's more than that. It's mm-hmm. not a get out of jail. If you pray the rosary, you you will have the grace of predestination and the signal graces because you are actually changing your life, mm-hmm. right? Well, Isn't it, that the it, point? That's what it does. And you're meditating on the truth. Mm-hmm. You're meditating on the life of Christ, 
and it fixes your soul. And we can't do sacraments as non-priests, um, but we can pray the rosary, and that's what she does. My personal testimony, it, that's how it worked for me. I, my mother was praying the rosary for me, so she answered her prayers. I started praying the rosary. I got into the rosary before I came back to the faith. Um, alcoholic, drinking all the time, etc., etc. Started praying the rosary. All of a sudden, I feel this twinge of guilt when I drink. Maybe I should go back to confession. She led me to the sacraments, mm-hmm. you know, and that's what she does. She points you to Jesus. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's you're fixing your soul with the help of the Mother of God mm-hmm. as you pray the rosary. Mm-hmm. And the scapular is merely an outward sign of that inward devotion. So we should wear a scapular, absolutely, but it's not a magical. No, it's not a talisman. It's not yeah. a, a craziness here. So anyway, Christopher, we got about nine or ten minutes left. And what are you thinking? Well, you're picking up the Credo book, um, so you we can some, talk about that. But what, what did I miss? I, I know um, before we got on the air, Christopher was talking about how he has taken the fourth Marian vow. And, oh, um, we didn't talk that yet. I, I'm curious, uh, Christopher, can you tell us about this fourth Marian vow and, and what it all means and what the first three were and all that stuff? Colleen, I think we've lost connection with Christopher Went. He had to leave, and Brad Markham had to leave. I know. And, uh, so it's just suddenly it's down to you and I. Just like we started. But that's okay because we also have Bishop Schneider with us. At least his book, Cradle. Did you catch any of this? I uh, did. I got my my copy of it. Oh, you do have a copy. Yes, I do have a copy. I thought of I was it. the only one in town. With no, it. however, I'm I'm jealous because you have the Cradle study journal yes and i notice it's very close to your purse yeah (laughs) watch it walk right out with me you know i wanted to ask and we're going to get christopher back because he's going on a um i want him to talk about the four marian what vows he's taking the fourth marian vow and i didn't even know there were three others no and he's going up mount kilimanjaro isn't that amazing so we're going to get him back um and I want his opinion, but since you already have the book Credo, which is the compendium of the Catholic faith, and you and I both suffer from the affliction of collecting catechisms. I know. There must be a Latin name for that. So I was, I ordered this site unseen. It was his new book. <laughs> Excuse me. His new book. And I didn't know what to expect until I get it here, and all of a sudden it's it's a catechism. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What do you make of, why do we need another catechism? Because that whole bookshelf over there is catechisms going back to the 8th century. Yeah, you, you do have a collection of catechisms going on, which is awesome. I love catechisms. And we can't go through any of them from the 8th, the 10th, the 16th century, the Council of Trent, mm-hmm. Pope Pius X. All of these great restored manuscripts, Tradivox mm-hmm. has their, what are they, on the ninth volume? Something like that. Why do you, what did you, when you started going through Credo from Athanasius Schneider, what do you make mm-hmm. of it? Well, you know, some, I asked myself the same question. Why do we need another catechism? Because it was, you know, after the Council of Trent, we had the Baltimore Catechisms. Mm -hmm. This country did. Mm -hmm. Yeah, this country. Mm -hmm. And then um, for a long time, that was it. Baltimore Catechism was used. I remember the Baltimore Catechism in the 70s. 
And I thought there was only one volume. Turns out there were three. Three or four, depending upon how they number them, based on um, the age groups that they were targeting. But then, of course, in the early 90s, we got John Paul II came out with the new cat. Well, should we say the new cat? The Catechism of the Catholic Church came out, I think, in 94. Right. Roughly. First published in Latin and then in mm-hmm. French, mm-hmm. and we waited with mm-hmm. eagerness mm-hmm. to get it. Mm-hmm. That's only 30 years old. Mm-hmm. But do you remember there were a few mistakes in that one because they had to reissue it? Yeah. So the initial one, I believe, had a green cover? Or no, 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 no. The green the, cover was volume. Yes, that was the... Redo. I have the original one. Yeah, that was like a cream color, I think. Yeah. Then when, the, when they uh, corrected a couple things, then they came out with the green cover. But so that was, you know, 20 years ago, 25 years ago. So why a new catechism? And that's why I wanted to uh, have Christopher speak to that because... Bishop Schneider would would speak to that. Mm-hmm. Cardinal Robert Seurat, Bishop Joseph Strickland, Bishop Elias Nassar, Father Michael Friedewich, and Dr. Scott Hahn have all um, endorsed this on the very back cover of the Credo. Mm-hmm. What do you make of it? I mean, is there a criticism of... of um, the way the 1994 catechism was laid out? Well, you know, that's a good question. And we'd probably have to ask Bishop Schneider, why a new catechism? We can guess. If if you put the two side by side, Mm -hmm. Schneider's Credo, which is 2024, Mm -hmm. and that of John Paul and and, um, others in 1994, Mm -hmm. 30 years later, Mm What do, you, what do you notice about the difference between the two of them? Well, I think the first noticeable difference is the uh, newest one by um, Bishop Schneider, Credo, is not as thick. True. As the old, the 94 version by John Paul II. And I believe the new one, the Credo by Schneider, is in Q&A form, like catechism used, used to be. I think everybody remembers, you know, why did God make me from the Baltimore Catechism? And it would pair it back, God mm-hmm. made me because. Yep, and you could memorize the answer, and so it was in question and answer format, which which is easier to learn. Um, so I, that's another difference when you crack open the book. You see that it's a lot of Q&A. And doesn't that really hit to the issue because as as Catholics, other Catholics ask you, because you're so holy, they say. Yeah. <laughs> Colleen, don't they say, um, what are the marriage bans? I mean, I'm just here on page 303. Mm-hmm. Um, here's another. What dis- dispositions are required for adult confirmation? Mm-hmm. I mean, isn't that what people ask? Well, it is. If you're calling into Catholic radio or they're asking you at a family. Mm -hmm. Right. So I think what you're getting at is the questions are more like we would hear, that that would resonate with us. Like, I've heard that question. What is that answer? And the format of the Catechism of 1994 is more going through the, the creed. Mm-hmm. Going through the sacraments, mm-hmm. going through you know, and giving a background, not necessarily from a "I have a question and I'd like to know" approach mm-hmm. to the faith. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is more Baltimore Catechism. 
more the format of the Baltimore Catechism. The other thing is I, I notice as you're flipping through it, it's a lot of short answers. So there might be a question and maybe an answer is a sentence or two or three. And though that's bite-sized. Here we are. We're in, we're in the capital sins, chapter 9. What are the capital sins? Pride, anger, greed, gluttony, sloth. Yeah. Envy. Yeah. Did I get them all? I think you did. I think Sloth, I envy, gluttony, mm-hmm. wrath. Wrath. Forgot wrath. That's my favorite. It's my pet one. Lust. Oh, maybe I forgot lust. Avarice. Pride. Mm-hmm. But, but here it is, you know, just this easy. What is avarice? Avarice, also called covetousness or greed, is an excessive love and attachment to earthly goods. Simple, short, and sweet, right? You can kind of wrap your head around it. The catechism from the 90s was very, like, paragraph-long answers, and you kind of thought, okay, I I almost can't even read one paragraph number. Mm -hmm. So I think part um, part of the reason for this catechism is short and sweet. What is pride? What is pride? An excessive love of ourselves, especially of our own greatness or excellence. Mm. We did avarice. We did avarice. Wrath. What is wrath? That's your favorite. That's anger. That's my favorite. An excessive anger that wills evil towards someone out of desire for revenge or an excessive reaction to something contrary to our will or desire. Mm-hmm. Yep. Sounds familiar. Gluttony. Gluttony. The inordinate desire for food or drink. That one, too easy. What is envy? The desire, um, is envy desiring what other people have or is it being upset that they have something you don't have? A selfish sadness at the prosperity of others, Mm -hmm. sometimes united with a desire to destroy it. Mm. Give me your car. Hmm. Sloth, what's sloth? Sloth is um, laziness, it's not doing... Um, the work, spiritual, or your duty in life. Sometimes called acedia, kind of sorrow and weariness about the distaste for spiritual goods, tending to an inordinate love of rest and neglect of our duties. He says that way better, doesn't he? He does. Well, we're going to get Brad Markham back, and we're going to have Christopher Went back on because Good. we've got more to talk about with Al. Athanasius Schneider's credo, and um, and some new news about some mobile apps that Bishop Schneider wants to um, create here in 2024 to help the mobile population. That's awesome. So um, in case people were listening to the first segment, um, Bishop Schneider's website is gloriadei.io. That's G-L-O-R-I-A-D-E-I dot I-O. And you can visit that website to see what we've been talking about. And we don't want to forget to mention the big conference on March 2nd. Debbie Giorgiani, Adam Bly coming to town Saturday, March 2nd. Location is Best Western, 3100 Dodge. And uh, we're going to go see our good friends over at the Best Western. Doors open at about 4 o'clock, and you can get tickets at kcrd-fm.org. We want to thank our sponsors over at Hotworks on Holiday Drive, and we're flat out of time. 
In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Tune in again next week. We love you.